this morning. This is a few, not all. Believe it or not, there's several who are still out of town. Um, last week there were 13, I believe, in Kingdom Kids, right? So our group just keeps growing and growing. Um, so you guys just keep praying about it because God is answering our prayers. And there are just so many kids that are flooding into Kingdom Kids every single Sunday. So I do want to take just a second to introduce all of them to you. So we're going to start over here. If you'll tell everybody your name, how old you are, and your favorite animal. Okay? Okay. My name is Kingston, and I am nine years old. My favorite animal is dogs. My my name is Bryson and my and I am eight year eight years old and my favorite animal is a tiger. My name is Heath and I'm eight years old and my favorite animal is lions. My fa my name is Griffin and my favorite and my wait and I'm seven and my favorite animal is the chicken. <laughs> I like it. Original. Go ahead. My name is Elijah. I'm six years old. My favorite animal is a lion. My name is Jace. I'm five years old, and my favorite animal is a dinosaur. Dinosaur. Wow. What's your name? His name's Nolan. Nolan? How old are you, Nolan? And he's two. You're two? Yeah? And what's your favorite animal? Hmm. I don't know. You don't know his favorite animal? You can't help us out on that one? That's okay. That's all right. There's a lot of animals out there. All right, what's your name? That cur. Four. Four? And what's your favorite animal? A kangaroo. A kangaroo. Wow, quite the mixture. Dinosaurs, chickens, kangaroos, we got it all. All right. So um, this past month, they have been working on a memory verse. Um, it's John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Do not love with words only, but also with action and truth. Look at this guy. He's already got it. He knows what he's talking about. And they've been going through a couple of different stories. I know for the first couple of weeks they touched on um, the parable of the Good Samaritan and putting these, not just your words, but also your actions. And so that's the, the stuff that they've been learning this month in Kingdom Kids. Are you guys ready to... You want... Okay. All right. Well... <laughs> What's your name? What's your name? This is Ryder. How old are you? He's, he's whimpering. That, that means one. And what's your favorite animal? Is your favorite, is your favorite animal an elephant? Is it an elephant? Roll Tide? There you go. Perfect. Love it. All right. So you guys ready to present the memory verse? All right. 1 John 3.18. What's it say? 1 John 3.18. Everybody together. John 3.18. Do not love words only, but also with action and truth. All right, one more time. Ready? Do not love words only, but also with action Awesome. You guys did great. Thank you, thank you. Go ahead and sit back down. Romans 8:38-39 For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, 
Neither height nor depth nor anyone else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus or in Christ Jesus our Lord. There we go. All right. Sorry about that. Morning, everybody. Morning. So, I want to actually probably even get started. Um, I want to touch back on that Romans eight thirty-eight thirty-nine. Um, I'm just going to read that one more time. That one says, uh, "For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither." the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither their height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I want you all to keep that in the back of your minds throughout this lesson. And I invite you all to turn over to Luke chapter 15. And we're going to start in verse 11. This is going to be the story of the prodigal son. And I ask you to read with me through verse 24. All right. Jesus continued. <clears throat> there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all, his, all he had and set off for a distant country. There he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and it began to be in need. So he went out and he hired himself to be a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. We're going to pause right there because as you read right here, the son is already beginning to realize that his wild life and his bad, terrible habits of spending, which by the way, don't, don't even think about that. That's just a bad way to go about it. It's not a good thing to live by the world, and he's slowly beginning to realize that now. As we continue, it goes to say, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And once again, right here, he's, he's beginning to finally realize his mistake. So he's going back to his father, hoping and praying that his father will let him back in. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father Solomon was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And so the father, in this case, he happily and joyfully accepts him back. But the real question is, how does this relate to us? What does this mean to us? Well, for starters, we are exactly like that lost son in times. Sometimes we falter throughout our walk with him, and we kind of lose sight on the bigger picture. 
Sometimes it takes a hard time. Sometimes it could just be the joy of life that really brings us back to God. But I don't know about y'all, but I've been in those shoes. About three years ago, um, I wasn't necessarily involved in a church anymore. I had grown up my entire life in, in a church. And then eventually I was like, well, I don't know if this is for me anymore. And I went out and very quickly realized my mistake. And when I did, now I'm back. And I hoped and prayed that entire time on my way back, hoping that I'd be accepted. I'm glad to say I was, thanks to all of y'all. So thanks for that. But don't just take my word for it. Take Jonah, for instance, who fled from God's call. He tried his hardest to go away from this man. He must not have heard the story of the disciples because he tried to get on a boat and flee. And, you know, Jesus literally walked on water and calmed the storm. So I don't know what he was thinking, but a boat wasn't going to cut it. He got swallowed by a fish and spit back up on the shore where he was supposed to be at. If that is not God telling you to get your butt back where I told you to be, I don't know what is. Or maybe Moses, who openly told God no, which, you know, I can't really dog on Moses because if I saw a snake, I'd probably run the opposite direction too. But in this case, God didn't really take no as an answer. He doesn't ever take no as an answer. God placed him where he needed to be. And many of you maybe have heard the saying, I'm only human, but you're not just any human, you're God's child. And like any loving father, God will always open back his arms to you and accept you back like you never left in the first place. No matter where you are in life right now, just know this. The prodigal son isn't just another story. It's a story that teaches a profound lesson. It's like a coach they want their players to succeed, and at the end of the day, they'd be there for them from the start to the finish. Through tough, through thick and thin. God hears your pleas, and although you may think nothing good will come from it, just remember Romans 8.18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So what does that mean? Well, it means that the hardest times cannot even begin to compare to the blessings and things that God has truly planned for us in this lifetime. No one's perfect and everybody's going to make a mistake, but if you find yourself dragging yourself down over that mistake, give it to God and allow him to help. The son began to starve and he realized his mistake, so he pleaded with his father and he was accepted back. And although you may have been in those same shoes before, just remember, there's always two sides to every story. So those who are last now will someday be first, and those who are first now will someday be last.
We're good? All right, thank you. Oh, there it is. All right. So uh, good morning, everybody. How, how are y'all doing? Hope y'all have had a fantastic week up from the last Sunday. Uh, and real fast, before I even continue, I just want to say, can we give another round of applause for Derek? Because what he did was honestly fantastic. Get it? It's, it's a great thing. Getting up here in front of the you know whole congregation, especially people that you don't see before, it's a very tough and difficult thing to do, especially when you're trying to deliver God's message. So I just think that's an incredible thing that he did today, especially since it was by himself. But, uh, but like he said, there are always two sides to every story. And as a prodigal son, we all know, yeah, the younger brother, he left and came back. But what about the older brother? So if you could please open up your Bibles back to uh, Luke chapter 15. And we're going to go ahead and finish the rest of that story out real fast. All right, we're going to go ahead and pick up at verse 25. And it reads, now his older son was in the field. And as he came in and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed you, disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when his son, when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes and killed the fattened calf for him, and he said to him, son, he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this is your brother, and was dead, and is alive. He was lost and is found. So you got to ask yourself, why is the other brother so mad? Like, why is he just hating on his younger brother? Like he was out there, he was in the going through who knows what poverty, trying to eat the food that pigs eat. He was really having a hard time. And then, like Derek was saying, after all this time, he finally came back to his father, pleaded for him to take him back, and he's finally home safe and sound. So you ask yourself, why is the older brother so mad that his younger brother is alive and well and finally back with his family? And to us and to the younger brother, it seems like a bad thing that he's, well, you just got to kind of ask yourself. So we're going to look from his perspective. So real fast, before I even jump into that, if you want to go ahead, look at verse 29. But he answered his brother, look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. So as you can see right here, he's already like, listen, I've been here this whole time while he was out doing this, that, and the other. I've been here every day working for you, taking care of you, taking care of all the cattle, the cows, whatever type of livestock, taking care of the grounds that they have. I've been doing all of this, and yet he does this, wastes all your property, wastes all of your money, disgraces you and God, yet you accept him back as if nothing happened. And to put it in perspective, imagine, imagine you have a younger brother, and you decide to stay home with your mom, your dad, or whatever family member that you're living with, and your younger brother goes off to college, and you're there working for your family, you know, eight, nine, up to 12 hours a day, doing hard, breaking work, and then your brother comes back from college, which find out that he dropped out because he was partying so much and his grades had failed, and he didn't even reap nothing from when he was in college, and you're just like, Okay, so dad, what's the punishment? Mom, what's the punishment? They said, oh my gosh, son, you're home. I'm so happy that you're here. Look, quick, go, go, go get the food ready. We're going to have a dinner tonight. Invite all your friends over. Invite family over. He's finally back from college. You're just like, but he dropped out. Like, he, he literally went out and did the opposite of what he was supposed to do. 
and yet I was here the whole time working with you, and I received none of that. I received none of that praise. I received none of that love that he received. So you got to understand where the older brother is coming from. Even if you look back in verse 30, it says, but when, his, when this son of yours, and keep that in mind, because he's already disowned him as his brother. He does, he's like, listen, he went out and did this, that, or the other. I don't want nothing to do with him. He is not my brother no more, and I do not want him back in this family. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fat and cow for him, calf for him. Isn't that something? That he was so mad at his brother that he tried to disown him, it kept bringing up the things that he did wrong, and he kept trying to make himself seem like the better brother instead of accepting him. And like I said, looking from the older brother's perspective, I mean, you can't really be mad at him. You got to understand, he was here this whole time, so he's asking himself, like, Father, why are you giving him more than what, he, what you think he deserves? And honestly, it seems a little unfair. But don't be bitter. I mean, be happy. Because isn't that like us? Aren't some of us in here like the older brother and some of us are the younger brother? How some of us are the older brother, we stay in church. We go every Sunday, every Wednesday night. We come to all the church events. We pray every day. We read our Bible every day. And then there's some people like the younger brother where we stop going to church when we used to only go like once every two, three weeks. And then we don't even go to Wednesdays. We don't go to none of the events. We don't read, pray. We go out, into the par- we go out and party, do all types of sins and all types of things within the world. And we divulge in those things and we just stop worshiping and praising and stop accepting God's love altogether. But then when we come back, we're back inside his graces, back inside that love. And then the people outside, and the people that were here the whole time inside the church are just like, what the heck? Like, why did you leave in the first place? And you're just frustrated, this feeling like, okay, why does he get to receive the same blessings that I'm receiving from God, if not more, when I've been here this whole time doing God's work, evangelizing, reading the Bible, telling other people about Jesus, and praying every day, and trying to help people throughout the church? You just got to ask yourself, Why? But here's the good thing about it, even though it seems unfair. It lets you know that God's forgiveness and his love is so vast that sometimes we can't even comprehend it. That no matter where we go, no matter what we do, no matter what we experience, no matter what we say, no matter what we feel towards God, towards other people, that we will always have a home here that we can come back and be with God again. And then that's also another thing, is our walks with God. It doesn't matter how far you're walking with God, it doesn't matter where you are with God, or if you haven't even started walking with God yet. And there's actually a story in that with here, if you wanna go ahead, turn to Matthew chapter 20 with me. It's a pretty lengthy passage, but I'm gonna try to get through it as quickly as possible. And we're gonna go ahead, uh, just start in verse one. All right. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard, and going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And if you go ahead, just skip down a little bit to verse 11. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last, these, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and scorching heat. Some of you already know where I'm going with this, just by that little part right there. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. 
did you not agree to me for a, for a Daenerys? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give you this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity so that the last will be first and the first will be last? And I was going back to earlier what I was saying is about it's unfair and about to the whole thing about working all day. Like imagine, how many, how many of you have jobs where you gotta work about like between somewhere to eight to 12 hours a day or even just a long time? Now imagine if you go, imagine you're chilling home and the next day your boss calls you and say, hey, I need you to come in, we're a little short staff and we got a lot of stuff to do so I need you to get here and we need to get to work. So you come in probably about like nine, 10 a.m. and you're cool, okay. And then the, probably about like five hours later you got somebody else that comes in and then after that, you probably got another three hours and you're about to close and somebody else comes in. They're like, okay, your boss is ready to pay you. And then he gives you, let's just say $250. You're like, okay, that's fair. And then he goes down to the guy that came in an hour before closing and he gives him $250. And you're just like, that makes no absolutely zero sense. And honestly, I would be mad too. I've been here, my back hurts, my feet hurt, my knees. I mean, I've been crying all day and I have a massive headache working for you and then you only gonna pay me 250 and then pay him the same thing and all he did was sit on his butt and laugh the whole time. So, I mean, I understand where that frustration is coming from, but when we revert it back to our spirituality, isn't that a great thing? That no matter where we are with God, no matter where we're walking, that he will always be right there with us, he'll be waiting for us. And even when we leave and we come back, he will still there be waiting for us and he will be with us all the way up until the end and he's with us all the way from the beginning. Isn't that incredible to think about? So to go ahead and close out, uh, go ahead, Derek already mentioned it again, but I kind of want to just keep it in your head. Romans 8, you don't have to turn there, but uh, Romans 8, chapter 38 through 39, just to kind of put it in your heads again. Yes, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the whole world will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, for those of you that are here, y'all remember Slate's series on the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And like this verse is saying, like his whole series that God is the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. He's greater than our fears. Our sins, he is greater than those who trespass against us. He is greater than all of that. And he's even greater for the stuff that we think separates us from him, whether you are leaving or coming back. So I ask you, whether or not you think that you are the younger brother who left God and come back or came back, or whether you're the older brother and that you, you know, you felt like you're the older brother and you stayed here this whole time worshiping and praising God and doing everything that was supposed to be done, I, well, no matter where you are, you're walking walk with God. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs prayer. So if you need any of that, I ask that as we stand up and sing that you come up here and that someone will be up here to help you.